We don't need a name. We're a team. Your, your name is Team. You're on a tight leash too, bro. Wayne Haskins. Mr. Glass, Carson Wentz, and his offense. Prime time. Damn. Yeah, I love your optimism. I had to get a tall boy for the event. The New York football giants. Deep sleep. Deep, bro. Al Michaels is showing up to work. Nate Solder, get your ass in the building. <laughs> Dude, you should see B. Wills' face right now. He's so giddy. Appreciate being a part of this show, guys. Yes, sir. That was as great as I thought it could be. <laughs> You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Guess what, guys? I'm still alive. And welcome, everyone, to week five of the NFC East Feast. I cannot thank John, Jay Ludge, and George enough for keeping the ship literally afloat as I was bailing water last week. But I'm happy to be back. Unfortunately, George can't be with us tonight. Rumor has it is he's needing some dough. But, uh, John, it is good to see you, my friend. What's up, B. Wills? I'm happy that you're safe, buddy. I'm happy that you dried out. Yeah, It's Thursday, bro. Let's do it. Let's get it. Uh, I, I want to start off with our two favorite teams, the Washington Commanders and the Dallas Cowboys. You guys came to Dallas last week, um, walked home with the L. I'm not going to bang the table and yell how about them Cowboys because I didn't think it was such a great performance by Dallas. More than anything, I thought it was an underwhelming performance by your commanders. Uh, I do want to commend my defense. Uh, This Dallas Cowboys defense, I think, is big time. Uh, You pointed out something uh, I thought was very interesting today, John, that this is the only defense in the NFL other than the San Francisco 49ers that has allowed their opponents under 20 points a game for four consecutive weeks. I think that's very impressive. As a matter of fact, we've actually went down every single week. Week one against the Bucks, we allowed 19. Week two against the Bengals, we allowed 17. Week three against the Giants, we allowed 16. And only 10 points to you guys. So that makes me really excited about what we're going to do about the Rams. Uh, but this defense was balling at all three levels. Uh, Micah Parsons was not as impactful as usual, but we had guys like uh, Dorrance Armstrong, Dante Fowler getting sacks. Um, my secondary was playing a fantastic. Deron Bland was thrown into action because Jordan Lewis suffered an injury. And in his first NFL action, he got an interception. Uh, Trayvon Diggs, I think, is playing at an elite level. I don't want to pound my chest and pretend like his interception was all that impressive. I think that was more or less a product of Carson Wentz just throwing up a Hail Mary at the end of the first half. But I think what I see Trayvon doing, what he did not do last year, he's not just getting turnovers. He's actually locking down receivers. He was all over Terry McLaurin, and he was all over Jamar Chase a few weeks before that. He's playing very well. John, I want to ask you, though, about the questionable penalties that went my Cowboys way in this game. Yeah, absolutely questionable. <laughs> uh, I think I think most of the penalties in that game were questionable. Um, I, I There were definitely a couple. Don't get me wrong. I know from watching four weeks of football that, the, you know, they're harping on these defensive uh, kind of, what are they calling them, defensive illegal contact. Yes. Where... But I mean, we were getting calls that were past interference calls where 
a defender had the hand on the wide receiver and literally vice versa. It was happening on both sides of the field. And you can't tell me that showing Terry McLaurin highlights, they're trying to highlight the fact that McLaurin is not getting the ball thrown to him, but in the highlights there, Trayvon Diggs or any other wide, uh, any other cornerback on the Cowboys is meeting him more than five yards down downfield with hands all over. Uh, Jahan Dotson gets the Don. a, a pull. The Don Jahan gets a pulled hammy, and if you watch the tape, he pulls his hammy because he's struggling to get away from a defender holding him. Trayvon Diggs. <laughs> now I will say Jonathan Allen said it best. He's one of our best players, if not our best player. Um, you know the penalties isn't what did it. Uh, we played shitty football, and it is so damn disheartening. Um, you know, it's just, oh, man, you come in with so much hope, and at every <laughs> level, I mean, the defense played a decent game, they right? Did. I mean, they did what they needed to do for about three, three and a half quarters. But, I mean, I felt like you could see the defense losing faith at the end of the game because they're watching our special teams play like trash. Uh, Dax Milne, who I don't understand (laughs) why we have a short, white, not fast returner touching the football anywhere on the field on, on special teams. He makes nothing happen. Uh, And the offense, geez, just that's the most inept I've ever seen in all my years. I feel like, a, a, a freaking NFL offense. You know, people were talking bad. about how the running game was going and Scott Turner bailing on the run game or just not trusting it. We got Jonathan Williams, who's a fourth, third string, fourth Who? string with, yeah, exactly. Who's tearing off decent runs. Antonio Gibson didn't look terrible. No. And they just continued to try to force. I didn't understand the play calling. Wentz is obviously shook. He's throwing the ball. Faster than he he every game he's he's getting ri- uh, rid of the ball quicker and quicker and the offensive line is getting worse and worse and what pisses me off the most is this damn coaching staff that just Ron has this lackadaisical kind of attitude toward just keeps continuing to say well you know we just we just got to figure it out we just got to get better yeah it's fucking year three figure it out do something. <laughs> But that's the attitude of the whole. It just seems like everybody's just. Uh, are we here to play football, or are we just we just here to walk through the motions? What are we doing? Your God. frustration, uh, your frustration certainly resonates with me, my friend. I, I've had very many Sundays like that. I'm fortunate it was not this past Sunday. But to speak to your point, I think the Commanders' defense played pretty well. Uh, you wouldn't know by looking at the box score, but with one minute left. In the first half, it was seven to six commanders. They had the only touchdown of the game, but then it was rush hour. My boy Cooper Rush came in. (laughs) It was so good to see him find Michael Gallup in the back of the end zone for the touchdown. So good to see my guy MG13 uh, back healthy. He only caught a couple passes, but he he seemed to be just finding his way on the field. But uh, Cooper Rush rolled out of the pocket hit Gallup for the touchdown as the first half expired. And that was pretty much all that she wrote. You guys were not able to muster up any offense in the second half at all because the Cowboys pass rush was able to pin their ears back and you guys just had no answers. Uh, 
I really was impressed with the way that Cooper Rush handled this game. It's 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 crazy that he is the first Dallas Cowboys quarterback in the history of the franchise. We go back to the 60s now, ladies and gentlemen, to go 4-0 as a starter with the star Damn. on his helmet. He's actually the first quarterback in the history of the National Football League to go 4-0 and with his first four starts and have a passer rating of over 90 in his first four games. <laughs> now, now, I don't think Cooper Rush is that good. I think those are just some stats to support my argument. But we had no running game in this in this football game. Uh, I believe we had 62 yards rushing as a total. You guys completely shut down Tony Pollard. Zeke was irrelevant other than one screen pass he caught. But one thing I noticed is last year, the Dallas Cowboys were 12-5. and five. We had a lot of wins. But Dak Prescott, my starting quarterback, my $40 million a year quarterback, was 0-5 last year when we failed to rush for 100 yards. So all of a sudden, Cooper Rush is doing things that Dak Prescott has failed to do in the past. Now, I know that you know they're talking about a quarterback controversy, and by all means, I want Dak Prescott to heal his thumb 100% before he comes back. It sounds like it's not going to be this week. I hope it's not the week after. I would, I would like to see it after our bye week. But I, I just think it's it's instills such hope and optimism in this franchise. I oftentimes question my head coach, Mike McCarthy. I, I have to give kudos to him and certainly our defensive coordinator, Dan Quinn, to keep the morale high in this locker room and give us a chance to believe that we are still a contender, not only in this division, but in the NFC. And I... I don't want to just drool over my the Cowboys right now, but but they are just doing so much more than I ever thought that they were capable of at this point. Yeah, I absolutely agree with everything you just said, man. You you definitely have to you have to be excited after losing Dak, you know, and kind of have, looking like things were going to be abysmal. Uh, Rush has done a great job, and that defense, man, it's just credit to them. I, Washington's offense is bad, but credit to the Dallas defense, man, because and I think what you were talking about with Micah Parsons. Some of that may have been Washington being so uber-focused on Micah up front mm-hmm. that others were getting free because there were a lot of missed blocks. Yes. Um, but, man, yeah, I would definitely be happy. I mean, I don't know how you feel about it, but I know you're going to have to you're gonna have to deal with a lot of heat from the, uh, the anti-Daxer crowd. Shout-out to Costa and Petey Contodiakis. Costa has been filling my, uh, my inbox this week with all of Colin Cowherd's <laughs> rants about how uh, the only difference between you know Cooper Rush and uh, Dak Prescott is their paycheck, and you know what, guys, you're right. I was wrong. I still love Dak. I still want him to be my starting quarterback when he's healthy and ready to do it. But I do think that maybe this proves that he is overpaid. And as Colin Cowherd said, he's more of a product of his environment. And we had when he has a good running game and good weapons and a good defense, that's when he wins football games and when it really relies on his shoulders he tends to falter. But I, I hope that maybe if if nothing else, that this ascending of Cooper Rush and winning three games in a row for us will maybe ignite a fire underneath Dak Prescott. And maybe he will come back off this injury and play his best football of his career. But only time will tell in that. Um, John, I'll, I'll, I'll cut you off. I won't let you throw um, dirt on your team anymore. I'll, I'll let you save that for your week five preview. Um, I, I want to hop now to, uh, the second game we're going to recap for week four, which was the New York giants picking up their third win of the year. They beat the Chicago bears 20 to 12. And this game to me, and I'm sure as, as it was to you was all about one of your fantasy football players, John Saquon Barkley. 
He is leading the NFL in rushing after four weeks. And I saw a stat that he alone has more rushing yards than 21 NFL teams combined. Uh, Not combined as teams, but 21 teams total with all of their rushers. And uh, this, I I, want to say Saquon got a ridiculous amount of carries in this game. Uh, 31 carries. Quite literally put the team on his back. Uh, Daniel Jones got hurt in this game. I believe it was an ankle injury. So um, as we accurately predicted, John, in our New York (laughs) Giants team preview, it was before week five where we saw Tyrod Taylor come onto the field. But as so often. Half accurately predicted. Yes. Yes. Uh, Tyrod's career, man, this poor guy has the worst luck. If it's not a Chargers doctor plunging a needle into his chest, this poor guy gets a concussion in his first few snaps as the Giants quarterback, and they end up running a wildcat with Saquon Barkley. And believe it or not, Saquon is just that damn good. It actually worked. Uh, The Giants passing game was completely inept in this uh, football game, but they were able to just run the football, play solid defense, and some of that, though, is just the Bears cannot move the football. Justin Fields, Gosh. to me, I'm a fan of him, but he may be a complete bust. Other than one long pass to Darnell Mooney, they were unable to muster up any offense. David Montgomery was hurt in this game. Uh, I know Khalil Herbert had a decent day running the football, maybe 70, 75 yards. But to me, it's just Saquon Barkley and the coaching staff uh, with Brian Dable changing the momentum of this franchise. How about you? Yeah, absolutely. I think as a Giants fan, you got to be super pumped with what you've seen so far. I think, uh, you know, at most, they're at least beating teams that you think that they should be beating, right? If you look retro, none of we were counting the Giants out from day one. Don't get me wrong. But now when you look retroactively, uh, you know, the teams that they're beating, they they probably should be beating. Um, And I think that gives you excitement to be at that point with Dayball now. Uh, Chicago, like you said, just looks atrocious though. So very hard game to, to kind of judge. I don't want to give too much kudos to the giants. I am still a little low. I think they're benefiting from their ease of schedule so far. Um, but yeah, Saquon is their identity. Uh, I do want to, not to discount Daniel, uh, Jones too much. We talked about it earlier. He picked up two running touchdowns. If he can move his feet, I mean, that's some of what Dayball's success was, um, coming from, um buffalo yeah josh allen so if he plays a little josh allen style football don't get me wrong he's not josh allen but uh we'll see we'll see what he can do this week on a on a gimpy uh ankle if he plays yes i'm looking forward to to talking about that here as we look forward to week five if if he is compromised at all and if he's even the starting quarterback how this is going to affect them against green bay Uh, Um, actually one quick note too i don't know if you saw but uh we we had talked about it a couple of weeks ago andrew thomas their left tackle is not only the highest-rated offensive lineman, he is PFF's uh, top-rated player in the NFL right now. Very impressive, man. That's a kid who I know a couple years ago they drafted number four overall to Georgia. I was calling him a bust last year. I know he was really struggling. Uh, Speaking of offensive linemen for them who are struggling, who were drafted high, I know Evan Neal, who they took number seven overall this past year, he is getting beat like he stole something. The the rest (laughs) of the O-line, four out of five of them are really struggling. But but yeah. shout out to Andrew Thomas who is playing who who is playing amazing right now. Um, but I mean their leading receiver this past week was a guy named Daniel Bellinger. Um, he had three catches for twenty seven yards. Um, again, Kenny Galladay had one target, no catches. Kadarius Tony is not healthy. Still Sterling out. Shepard Gosh. is out for the year. Um, they got guys like Daniel Sills and of course um, what's his name? 
uh, Darius Slayton out there catching a few balls, just not looking good for the Giants offense. But they play defense. Um, yeah. One of my favorite guys to have mic'd up in the league is Dexter Lawrence, their, their uh, defensive tackle. He, yeah. he is a comedian, and he's a monster, too, along with the big cat Leonard Williams. They always create havoc in the backfield. And in the secondary, I love Xavier McKinney, one of my favorite safeties in the league. I think they're a little weak at corner, but they are going to get some help, John, by our long-lost NFC East friend. They signed the humble one, Landon Collins. <laughs> I'm not sure if he's going to be playing safety, linebacker, or maybe he's eating enough cheeseburgers where they're just going to put him <laughs> on the defensive line. Hey, Either way, though. Landon, if you're listening, uh, if, you're, if you're a fan of the East Feast, uh, I want that Sean Taylor jersey brought back. Yes, yes, <laughs> I, I, I agree. Uh, but uh, I think the Giants have a lot to build on. Nobody thought they were going to be 3-1 and one at this point. Their schedule yeah. is about to stiffen up. But you know what? Uh, Brian Dable has immediately righted the ship. And I think for all of that, um, that uh, Joe Shane, I believe, is the general manager they brought from yeah. Buffalo, clearly yeah. was the right move by the Mara family to change the direction in that franchise. Now let's uh, finish up our Week 4 recap with... Maybe the best team in the NFL? I don't know if that's hyperbolic, but the Philadelphia no. Eagles. John, you texted me. They were down 14 and nothing early. And as you said, the, this Jacksonville Jaguars team is not going to roll over for anybody. Doug Peterson came ready to play. He wanted to get some revenge on his former team. And Jalen Hurts threw a pick six. I thought it might rattle the young man. And then we had a guy, um, Jamal Agnew, had two touchdowns for the Jags. He's mainly a special teams player, but they used mm. him in a few gadget plays. And Jacksonville was rolling. But for the first time this year, the Eagles had to play from behind. And my God, did they answer that question if they could? Miles Sanders Absolutely. went for a career high, 134 yards and two touchdowns. They pound the rock. Kenneth Gainwell got in the end zone. They still have Boston Scott. Jalen Hurts, other than that pick six, an efficient 16 for 25 for 200 yards. Uh, A.J. Brown had five catches for 95 yards. Guys, A.J. Brown, the only receiver in the National Football League to have at least five catches and 65 yards in every game this year. Damn. What a move on draft night for Howie Roseman to steal them from the Titans. This Eagles team, I mean, in clearly my power rankings, they're going to be number one in the NFC East, but a lot of uh, publications have them number one in the NFL. John, are you as impressed with them as I am? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I know it took all of us a little bit of time to come around on them because we just wanted to see what they could do. But my thoughts after that game were exactly what you prefaced. Uh, they they come from behind 14-0. It looks like the Jags get out quick. Like you said, Jalen Hurts throws a pick six. And it's like, okay, let's see. And now at this point, they've won all different types of ways. And uh, that did not let them falter whatsoever, man. They no. just, I, I swear, I can't even remember how long it was, but I'm watching both of the games at the same time. It's 14 nothing. I shoot you all those texts, and I swear the next time I turned around, it was 20 to 14 Eagles. Yep. And I was like, whoa, what just happened? But man, they're dominant, and they're dominant on both sides of the ball, man. Their defense looks incredibly impressive. And uh, man, Sirianni just, the fact that this thing got turned around so fast and, and how impressive they've been kind of shocks me a little bit. But I hate the Eagles for the most part, and I rarely do I ever root against them or root for them, I should say. So I was definitely rooting for Jacksonville throughout the game. Um, but damn, I mean, I don't think it's hyperbolic uh, to put them top three easily. 
For sure. No, they, they are the class of the NFC right now. If you want to say that, you know, because of the experience, maybe the Buccaneers or because of the coaching, mm-hmm. the 49ers, like, you know, you, you can throw anybody up there. But yeah, the at this Eagles, point, you can make arguments for most, yes. most teams. The Eagles are in the upper echelons of not just the NFC, but the NFL. And Nick Sirianni, he he's a football guy. He told uh, Pat McAfee that his <laughs> hobby is is football. That's 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 what he does, and, and clearly it shows. Uh, this coaching staff has taken a team that a lot of people last year thought would be choosing number one overall in the draft, and and now they're looking like they might be choosing thirty oh second next year. Uh, yeah, maybe thirty second, but don't forget that they're also. I saw this, and it just angered me. Uh, they have the Saints, I believe the Saints pick. Uh-huh. And right now it's looking like that would be number three. Oh my goodness. So the so Eagles, so you're telling the me don't do anything. The Eagles are going to end up with a top five freaking draft pick too. They're only getting better. Our worst nightmare here. Um, but shout out to all you Eagles fans. I know you guys have to be excited. And I, I know I sure would be, uh, interesting on enough though. I heard Donovan McNabb on Eagles radio just today, uh, throw a little water on the Eagles fire and say that he thought this team was at least a year or two away. And hmm. then Colin Coward went on to say that, I don't forget. Uh, what's up, Jay Luds? Welcome to the show, my friend. Uh, hey, what's going on, folks? Last year, Jay Luds' Tampa Bay Buccaneers were up 31 to nothing against this team in the playoffs at one point. The Eagles scored a few garbage time touchdowns. But Jalen Hurts, Nick Sirianni, and the entire Eagles franchise as a whole as it stands now, hasn't won anything. So I think that they are doing very well, but their schedule is going to get a lot harder. But as it stands right now in the first week of October, I think that nobody can argue that the Philadelphia Eagles have lived up to that preseason hype. And yeah. I am uh, really looking forward to see how their season unfolds as we uh, continue into the, you know, as the weather gets colder. And I think this Philadelphia Eagles team, the way they run, run the football, they may only get stronger because that offensive line is serious. And when you got out Javon Hargrave, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, uh, James Bradbury had another interception in this game. I cannot believe yeah. that, that, that the Giants let him walk away like that. They're, they're elite, man, and it hurts my heart to say that, but uh, shout out to Philly Nation. All right, guys. Who who has who Philly actually beat? Who I have mean, they beat? Okay, they beat the, the Lions, but the Lions have still been losing. I mean, they're putting yep. up points, but they've still been losing. Their defense is yes. dreadful. They've beat the Vikings. That That's an okay win. That was a primetime game. I give them that a, one. Okay. That's a good win. The Vikings are 3-1. Okay. and one. They beat the struggling Commanders. They buried honest. the commanders. Buried them. And, and, but still, a divisional game. You think Washington would have been a little more competitive, but I don't give you the Eagles. Think. You would think. And, the, and, then, <laughs> and then the Jaguars. So how many games did the Jaguars win last year, fellas? Two? Uh, two, three. Yeah, but Let's I be honest. can't go off a lot. Let's be the honest. Jags look good. The Jags look good this year. They do. Let's, it was I, a hard, I, or, you know. They got a they got a tougher game this week. We'll get into it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that game when they go out there. I saw they, they haven't beat the Cardinals in Arizona since 2001. That's um, right. You know what? I, w- I was going to wait to that game, but let's just say we're into it, guys. We're talking about the Philadelphia Eagles. This game will be at you 4 o'clock. You want to do your power rankings first? 
Oh, very. Thank yeah. you, John. I almost forgot Good about call. my favorite part of the show. <laughs> I threw um, Brian off his game. My apologies, <laughs> listeners. No, yeah. you got me. You got me fired up with this Eagles Cardinals game, man. I think yeah. this is going to be a great game. Um, this is the easiest week for me, guys, to do the power rankings. Number one, clearly the team we've just been discussing is the Philadelphia Eagles by far, by a landslide. Number two, my Dallas Cowboys cannot believe they reeled off three straight ones since Dak got hurt. Number three has to be the New York football Giants at three and one. And sorry, John and George, I know you're listening, buddy. Last place has to be the one and three Washington Commanders. Um, Luds, John, do you have any pushback on those rankings? None at all. Yeah, totally agree. It's kind of funny, you know, in, in the East, literally weekly, how much just the power rankings change. Yes. But, uh, you know, we, I mean, outside the Eagles, you know, you, we've right. had the Eagles they've, at the top. But, they've remained number one. But, but yeah, I mean, just the juggling, you, you know, it's, it is crazy how the East is so I mean, competitive. We'll, we'll see throughout the year if, if any of this shape changes. But yes, I, I feel like. The Commanders are not as bad as we're putting them right now, and I feel like the Cowboys and Giants are not as good as their records show. So a, a lot of football still to be played in this division. I was going to wait, guys, to talk about Eagles-Cardinals, but Ludge, you got me fired up. I want to dive right into it. I think this may be one of the games of the week. As I said, the Eagles have not beat the Cardinals in Arizona since 2001, so the Eagles are, I believe, like five, five and a half point favorites on the road in this game. But I think yeah. this is, as they say in Star Wars, it's a trap. I think that <laughs> the Eagles have to be on upset alert. I am going to pick yeah. the Eagles to win this game, but I think it's going to be a tough victory. Um, I saw the Cardinals uh, batted down nine of Baker Mayfield's passes last week. Well, guess what? Jalen Hurts isn't exactly the tallest quarterback in the world either. When you've got J.J. Swat and Zach Allen, um, mm-hmm. two huge milk-drinking defensive ends coming at you, not going to be easy for the Eagles to throw the football. And the Cardinals' secondary is not a slouch. you got Buda Baker back there. you got um, Murphy, a, a solid corner. Uh, this, this is going to be a tough game for Philadelphia. I think this may be their biggest test of the season, but I think they're going to show some moxie. And I think that if even if they get down early in this game, that they will come back to get a victory. I'm interested to see if this Eagles defensive line can contain Kyler Murray. He hasn't exactly set the world on fire this year, but he's healthy, which means he's just as dangerous as he's ever been. Somebody I want to point out on the Cardinals, who's been absolutely carrying my below average fantasy team, is Marquise <laughs> Hollywood Brown. Uh, Marquise Brown has, is getting like 10 to 12 targets a game with DeAndre Hopkins on the suspended list. I don't know if it's going to be Darius Slay. I don't know if it's going to be James Bradbury. But although Hollywood Brown looks like a middle school wide receiver, the guy can ball. He has great hands, um, great awareness with his feet when he catches the ball to get them in bounce. You've got Zach Ertz to deal with. You've got James Conner. You've got some guy called Eno Benjamin. The Cardinals are a pretty good team. I'm going to Zach, take the Eagles. Zach Ertz going against his old team, too. Oh, Zach Ertz revenge oh, game. Zach Ertz My revenge ball Zach Ertz. Game. And yeah. I am going to take the <laughs> Eagles to win this game close on the road. I've got Philly 27 to 23. John, how about you? Um, yeah, I think that's uh that sounds like some pretty good numbers there, man. Um I'm not that I'm not as impressed with the Cardinals. Um I think that uh, they got they got whopped by the Chiefs, um, and that game that game that first game of the season didn't even look competitive. The scoreboard kind of lies a little bit, 
And it seems like kind of some of the Cardinals games have gone that way throughout the year where they're having to make up points at the end. Yeah. I think the Eagles are on a roll right now. I think they're super confident. Um, and I could see them getting out to an early lead here. And I, yeah, maybe Kyler and them get some junk time uh, back together like they have. But like I said, it's just, it's hard not to trust the Eagles right now. I know they're going on the road and, and your stat, what was it? 2001. Yep. I think they get a, I think they definitely get a win here on the road. Um, and I think it's probably Eagles 31, Cards 21. So I'm taking them to cover. Uh, yeah, I think Jalen Hurts has another day. Jalen Hurts having another day. Ludge, do you want to do your pick now or do you want to save it to the end? Uh, I'll do it now. I'll do it now. We can right, do it we as we e- go. Yeah. Eagles Eagles minus five. How do you feel about this one? Hopefully the listeners aren't fast forwarding this episode. Because, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see who the real listeners are. Hey, we didn't hear Jay Ludd's at the end. Well, you didn't listen. Anyway. Day once. Yeah, exactly. Uh, B, I'm right there with you, brother. I, I like your pick this week. I think it is a trap game in a bit. I do have it uh, 28-24 Eagles. Okay. But I am taking Arizona plus five or five and a half, depending where you're betting. Um, right. But I, I like that. I, I think I think Kyler does keep it somewhat close. And uh, they're at home, you know. I think the Eagles traveling too. I, I just think it's a it's a not a trap game in the way they lose, but I think it is a trap game that it's. I, I do think Arizona get will cover that spread. Sure. All right. So we're all we're all on the Eagles to to improve to five and zero. Oh, but yeah, I think we're all unanimous in saying that Arizona is not going to go away quietly. They're a weird team. I think it. One point a couple of weeks ago, they were down like 20 nothing to the Raiders in the mm-hmm. second half, but they come all the way back. Kyler Murray ran like 85 yards in one play just to get like a two-point <laughs> two conversion. conversion. Yeah. yeah. No, he, they're a frustrating team, the Cardinals. So I think that they may give some headaches to uh, Nick Sirianni and that coaching staff in Philly. But, God damn, they're, they're just clicking on all cylinders. So, yeah, we, we all got the Eagles uh, to go 5-0. and um, Now, folks, I want to... Shout out my inner Paddy the Baddy and talk about a 9.30 game. Everybody get their tea and crumpets out as we'll watch the New York football Giants take on the Green Bay Packers. This game will be 9.30 a.m. If everybody has NFL Network, please tune in. It's a very interesting game. I saw this is the first time we've been playing in this garbage football in London since 2000. This is the first time we're giving them two winning teams. So thank God they keep showing up to Wembley Stadium to watch our American brand of football. Um, This is a big line. We've got the Packers minus eight. Uh, It's floating between eight and eight and a half right now. Uh, Green Bay is a team that I thought at the beginning of the year was one of the better teams in the NFC. And I still honestly feel that. But after Bailey Zappi took them to overtime last week, I'm questioning if they're as good as I thought. I mean, Aaron Rodgers had 44 yards passing and a pick six in the first half. Uh, but in the second half, he came out and showed vintage A-Rod. If it wasn't for Romeo Dobbs dropping one, he would have thrown three touchdowns in the second half. He's starting to show some rapport with Romeo Dobbs. Robert Tanyan, um, shout out to uh, John's brother, Max. I know he loves Bob Tanyan. Uh, it's good to see Bobby Tanyan get in the end zone. Christian Watkins was able to get in the end zone on a running play. I think they're just trying to get these young receivers some confidence. Alan Lazard had a 100-yard game for them last week. And that two-headed monster with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, probably the best combination of backs with all due respect to Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt in the league. And this Packers defense is elite. Jair Alexander is going to lock down 
whoever, whatever below average receiver they throw at him. You've got uh, Preston Smith. We've got Rashawn Gary. Uh, You've got uh, Clark in the inside uh, is a difference maker. I think the Packers defense will be too much to overcome for the Giants. I think they're going to lean on Saquon, but let's be honest. If I'm the Packers defensive coordinator, it's not a secret. We need to shut down 26, and then that will lead to victory. I'm very intrigued to see if it's going to be Davis Webb, possibly, as the quarterback for the Giants. It sounds like Tyrod Taylor will be out with the concussion. He has not practiced at all this week. Daniel Jones did get in a limited session today. So if I had to guess, I think Daniel Jones will be out there on Sunday morning, but he will be hampered. And as you said, John, he had two rushing touchdowns last week. So if Daniel Jones cannot rely on his legs and we are left to rely on his right arm, I'm counting on a couple turnovers from the Packers defense. And I've got the Packers to honestly swallow the points. I've got Green Bay 33, Giants 20. John, how about you? Dang. Um, yeah, hey, I liked your little uh, your little nod there to uh, Patty the Batty, but he's from Liverpool. <laughs> so oh, you're right, Lot. You you're right. A little bit. You know? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, man, and to your point, you know, I, I thought we were sending crap over there for years and years, but they seem like they loved the long field goal games uh, last, last doink. week, man. The double doink, couple of a uh, couple of decent field goals, too. So they seem to be eating it up, man. Good. Good on them and good on the NFL. Um, yes. Yeah, definitely. The Giants might be running that wildcat again if Danny can't go. Um, yeah, they're going to put them. They're going to put it on Saquon's back again, I'm sure. Uh, but him out of the pocket. Yeah. Against Green Bay's defense. I'm looking at my score now, just thinking in my head, it with a hampered Danny Dimes or Davis Webb as an option, I might be yeah. giving the Giants too many points right now. Um, and it's Aaron Rodgers, man. I think every week, as you said, they're going to continue to grow. His relationship with those young wide receivers is going to get better and better. And, you know, as it grows, they're still going to rely on their run game. Um, so this could probably end up being a little bit lower scoring game than I think both you and I are predicting. I'm interested to hear what Luds has on this one, but I'm also saying basically swallow the points. I actually had it right on the line. I'm taking green Bay 28 over the giants 20. Heard that Luds. How about you? Hey, here's a little stat. I wanted to shout out, uh, Daniel Jones, more rushing yards than Austin Eckler right now. Oh what? <laughs> Look it up, bro. Check this. Check the sheet. Check the sheet. <laughs> Shout out C State Coxman. Anyway, <laughs> um, <clears throat> Green Bay guys. Let's be honest. Their offense looked great last week. Or not great, but they're they're starting to click. Uh, yeah, I'm yeah. swallowing. I'm with you guys. Um, Green Bay at home. Twenty six seventeen. Green Bay covers minus eight. So you so you think that Patty the Batty and those Liverpool guys are so it's going to be a home game for the Packers out there in London, Lutz? I think so. I think they're all <laughs> going to be real excited to see uh, Aaron Rodgers out there. You know, that's a big big name. I think. Pay attention. I think a lot of the crowd will have some green on. Um, you know, over the years I've seen some split crowds. I, even the Bucks, the Bucks are almost favored over there because they went over there so many damn times. So yeah, <laughs> I know yes. there's a lot of Bucks fans, but but no, man, I think. Uh, no, everybody wants to see Aaron Rodgers. Nobody's there of to course. see Daniel Jones. Right. Yeah. Well, there so. could be some Saquon Barkley fans, but we'll yeah. we'll get a good Maybe gauge some Mason of how- Crosby fans. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, just, yeah. Hey, Mason Crosby's a veteran. Yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll see how the London crowd feels about smoking ayahuasca and other psychedelic <laughs> drugs. And perhaps 
<laughs> how they feel about refusing to be vaccinated and just be uh, what did he say inoculated? Uh, so that that'll be interesting. But yeah, I, I think we're all unanimous on the Packers swallowing the points there and maybe proving that the Giants aren't as good as their three and one record would show. All right, guys. Um, our third game of Week Five. I want to talk about the Tennessee Titans going in to the nation's capital to face the Washington Commanders. The Titans started the year 0-2. I was very concerned. But as our guy Aaron Rodgers told Pat McAfee as he was talking shit about the Titans, he said, is Mike Vrabel still their head coach? Then shut the fuck up. And Pat <laughs> McAfee had a, had a good laugh about it um, because Mike Vrabel brings his team ready to play at all times. Derrick Henry seems to be back on track. He had 100 yards and a touchdown. They went on the road last week to beat the rival Colts. However, first-round pick Traylon Burks mm. was injured in that game. He's going to miss this week. I don't even know other than Robert Woods. I can't even name you another receiver on the Titans. So, I mean, I think they have Austin Hooper, who's a decent tight end, but they are going to have to they rely. Have uh, Fisker, yes, I believe, yes, yeah, another good tie, uh, another good tight end, uh, tight end. pass catcher yeah. for them. <laughs> it's the only but other yeah, name I could think of. Yeah, Tennessee has no reliable weapons, and I don't really trust Ryan Tannehill to be honest with you. I'd rather see him run the football than throw it. But I think that you can rely on King Henry and Jeffrey Simmons in that Titans defense to do enough. Just because the Commanders are not playing well, John, I really hope that your guy Brian Robinson gets some carries in this game. I want to let you talk about him a little bit more in his story, but I think that the Titans are on a roll right now. I think they have some confidence after winning two in a row, but I don't think this is going to be an easy win by any means. I think that Carson Wentz will play a lot better this week. I'm calling for a Terry McLaurin coming out party. He's been very quiet. In the early parts of this season, I got Scary Terry getting 100 yards and a touchdown, and the Titans eking out a win in D.C. I'll go Tennessee 23, Commanders 20. Man, you got a lot more confidence than I do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think this is going to be a mucky game. Uh, the Commanders have gotten worse every week offensively, oh. uh, so nothing – Nothing right now is pointing in the, in the direction of, of us getting better. Um, I think that with Jahan out, uh, Jahan Dotson is going to be out, I'm pretty sure, for this game. Um, okay. So with him out, uh, you're, you're definitely going to have to rely on Terry, I think. Curtis Samuel um, has been, in my opinion, our best so far. I know Jahan's scoring the touchdowns, but when it comes to impact plays, Curtis Samuel is getting force-fed the ball. So from a fantasy perspective, yeah, Jahan Dotson's your guy. But I've got Curtis on one team. Last week was a little bit of a letdown, but the whole fucking team was a letdown last week. <laughs> yeah. uh, so as far as this game is concerned, I think both teams are going to have to rely on the run game. Uh, you mentioned Traylon Burks. Robert Woods looks uh, decent in a couple of outings, but in the first game, and I think even in the second game, I think that he uh, he basically was non-existent. So. Yeah. I think they'll find a little bit of a rhythm uh, against our defense. Our defense is good, but we're not great. Um, so I think they'll be okay there. Derrick Henry, like everybody, wears uh, – sorry, not like everybody, but just like against any team, I should say, wears yeah. down defenses over the course of the game. So uh, I think uh, hopefully we can cause enough disruption up front early um, that we limit his his ability. If he gets going early, this game could get out of control. Yeah. Uh, but flip side, our run game and our offense, I think that 
the only way to encourage Carson at this point is to limit his passing. And I don't know if Scott Turner and them are going to do that. I I almost wonder if they're trying to suss out exactly what they have and see if he can get over this hump. It's a new system for him. So I know that that's going to take some time, but God, it's been abysmal. Um, My biggest concern in this game with, with what you mentioned earlier with Brian Robinson coming back. Yeah. Is that a desperate team does something desperate and hurts this young man's potential Mm. by maybe putting him out there too soon or force feeding him the football um, coming off of, uh, of the gunshot wound injuries. He was shot twice in the leg and don't get me wrong. It's, it's an amazing story. If you can look it up on Instagram, any of the hashtags like commanders or H, uh, HTTC, I'm sure Brian Robinson, or follow any of their pages. Um, B, I know you posted some of the stuff on Instagram on, yeah. on the uh, the East page. Um, it's really remarkable, man, to see how he's bounced back and what he's doing in practice from a recovery standpoint. I just don't know. I don't know much about gunshot wounds, uh, but no. one of them was in his knee. Um, so I really just hope that there's not some desperation play here where they put him out there too much too soon um, and harm him in any way. I do think our run game has been encouraging. Like I said, I just don't understand why we're not using that to our advantage. Um, So I do, I hope he provides a little bit of a spark. I hope we can lean on Antonio Gibson and I hope we can lean on Jonathan Williams and just the run game in general. Yeah, you use the uh, running game to your advantage. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's easy enough to tee off on our offensive line as it is right now, and we played some pretty good defenses. Um, is Cosme is Cosme out? I think he's out now too. So it yeah, I, I think they did roll him. I think he did end up getting um, surgery on the thumb, and I'm pretty sure he's out a couple of weeks. I don't think they put him on IR. But okay. the already poor offensive line is more battered than it was previously um we did get tyler larson back i don't know if he's confirmed playing or not he was supposed to be our backup center who was Mm -hmm. coming off of uh, i think achilles surgery so not not great not look i'm not confident um and like i said you're a little bit more bold or bullish on the score than i am i think like i said it's a muddy game and until i have confidence in the commanders again which i don't know i have to see a hell of a lot (laughs) i'm taking the titans 17 Commanders 10. Uh, this is not going to be a home game for the Commanders. All right. We'll t- tighten up out there in, in D.C. Luds, I got an updated line for you. It has come down to only Tennessee minus one and a half. They are still oh. the the uh, the road favorites. Do you like the Commanders possibly as a home dog? Uh, not this week, boys. Uh, no. I did want to comment, though, uh, B, I did like your comment about McLaurin. Um, I think he does have a coming out party this week, man. I really do. I, oh. I heard a stat. I think it was actually on uh, Fantasy Focus on ESPN. They said that he has ran or he's leading the NFL in routes ran this season. So he's been out right. there, man. He, I don't don't think Wentz is finding him. He's not having enough time to get rid of the ball. Yeah. Um, but I think uh, Tennessee's given up a lot of yards in the passing game. And I, I think McLaurin or Trayvon Diggs was holding him. <laughs> yeah. A little bit. <laughs> it could be. Uh, yeah. But, you know, I think he I think he does have a big week this week. I really do. Uh, I think it's actually a lot high scoring more than, than you guys have it. I got it 31-27 Tennessee minus one and a half now, I guess, or two and a half. 
But uh, sure, yeah, I got I got the Regardless. Titans, but I got it a high scoring man. I mean, both these defenses giving up a lot of points, and uh, you know, Derrick Henry, I think he can run the ball pretty well this week. Like I said, I think McLaren has McLaren has a good week. Scary Terry. And uh, maybe even Logan Thompson gets in this week for the touchdown. Who knows? Yeah, I could absolutely see that. Gosh, well, whether if, they, it's... if they put up those kind of points, uh, the commanders, and it's not in drug time, that that would at least make me it'd be encouraging, make the game sure. enjoyable. They, they, I mean, Tennessee's been giving up a lot of points. I mean, a lot of yards. Uh, they've been in games, you know. So I got it close. Um, so we'll see. Yeah, I think Kevin Byer, they have a great safety there in Tennessee, but I, I think uh-huh. that um, I believe Christian Fulton is injured, and they, they have another corner they drafted last year out of uh, Virginia Tech who um, I know they're still getting used to getting on the field. I think that that could be exploited, so I think we all are on Terry, McClary, uh, Terry McLaurin. Get Scary Terry in your fantasy lineups. And I just love what Brian Robinson, John, it, it just seems like that kid is already a locker room favorite, and just seeing yeah. him – back out there on the field, maybe we'll instill some sort of motivation for the coaching staff and the players. I'm playing him in my flex, playing him in my flex this week. Brian Robinson. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. I think he might even get a few screen passes, a few little catches. I'm feeling it. Yeah. Yeah. I I would say, honestly, that was one of my first thoughts, Luds, when you had asked Mm -hmm. us that uh, earlier, I've been thinking throughout the week. I'd love for us to rely on the run game, like I said, but you can't typecast or telegraph your plays to the team, right? So right. it can't be that every time Brian Robinson is in the game, it's an easy run play. Right. Yeah. Um, but Get him I will going. also say that mm. they don't trust Antonio Gibson around the goal line because of the fumbles year in, year okay. in and year out. So even if they limit Brian Robinson to some red zone carries, I mean, you can right. still benefit there. So Say I like, you got I like, like a third play. third and six, you probably got McKissick in there. But if it's like a, you right. know, a third and one, three and two, you might see Robinson squeeze in there for a touchdown. I sure. would love to see B Rob get in the end zone. That would be that would that would just kind of put a cherry on top of that comeback All 12 story. Commanders fans will go crazy. And I know, and I know Rivera is a fan. <laughs> Rivera's a big fan of him. So yeah, absolutely. You know, that's huge too. Well, regardless no, of whether it's a, a if it's a muddy game like John's thinking or a high scoring game like Lud's, we are all on the road Titans to swallow the one and a half and get that victory. Now let's end our week five preview with my Dallas Cowboys who are going to be flying out to, as Jerry Jones would say, Los Angeles to play the Rams (laughs) in SoFi Stadium. The Rams are a five and a half point favorite, which I got to be honest with you guys kind of surprises me. Not because the Cowboys are are that good. I want to go total homer here, but we all watch Monday Night Football. There's something missing in that yeah. Rams offense. And I think what it is is that four of those five offensive linemen that helped them win the Super Bowl are not there this week. They have the right yeah. tackle. They are missing left tackle Andrew Whitworth, who retired after the Super Bowl greatly. I believe they're down to a third-string center. And if there is a strength of my Dallas Cowboys, it is the trenches. We are going to be coming at you with Micah Parsons, with Demarcus Lawrence, with Dorrance Armstrong, with uh, with Fowler, with with Goldston. With, I mean, I, I could keep going. We, we we have some dogs on the defensive line. We rush the quarterback very well. We're right up there with San Francisco. And speaking of San Francisco, Nick Bosa and that defensive line dominated the Rams. So I think we have a clear advantage in the trenches here. And the Rams are last in the NFL, not only in big plays of 20-plus yards, which is amazing, they're actually last in the NFL in pass rush percentage, which is crazy when you have 99 Aaron yeah. Donald. But it's the, this is not the same Rams team that we saw last year win the Super Bowl. It's uh, 
it's I, I don't I, but I don't want to get too down on the Rams. I still I I think Sean McVay um is as brilliant of a of a head coach as, as we had in the NFL in a long time. Uh, but Matt Stafford, NFL leading six interceptions. Uh, Allen Robinson seems to be a bit of a bust. I mean, the guy had like two catches on Monday night. I don't know if he's lost this step, but he just cannot seem to get open. They desperately need Van Jefferson to come back off injury. If not, maybe Odell Beckham will re-sign with them. But the offense is not the same. Cam Akers um, is not the same running back since he blew out his Achilles a couple years ago. Uh, Henderson is a decent back, but he's not the answer. The Sean McVay offense, which really, at the end of the day, guys, let's be honest, is a Shanahan offense. They need to rely on the running game. This Rams team cannot run the football, and I think that's going to spell problems with them against my Dallas Cowboys. i very intrigued to watch a Cooper Cup-Trayvon Diggs matchup. Cooper mm-hmm. Cup had like 20 targets, I think, on Monday Night Football. Like, he came down with career-high 14 catches. Cooper Cup is, is, is elite. So I know Cooper Cup is going to get his. He might make Trayvon look silly on a play or two. An interesting matchup I want to see, though, is a uh, shout-out to uh, your father and everyone who's ever coached in East Lake football, the product of Tyler Higby, who mm. has really become a product of the Rams' number two receiver, although he plays tight end. The guy gets double-digit targets every week, and I think it's going to be a challenge for uh, whether it's Leighton Vanderesh, Micah Parsons, Anthony Barr, or perhaps Jabril Cox, whoever is covering Tyler Higby. Better watch out because I think that kid is going to make a play or two. And actually, I'll, I'll predict him to get in the end zone. I do not see my Cowboys running game getting started this week. As I said, they only had 60 yards rushing last sixty yards rushing last week. I think Aaron Donald, Leonard Floyd, and those boys on the Rams are going to shut us down again. And I think that will then put the game on the shoulders of Cooper Rush. I, I, I don't know. Can I, can I say that Cooper Rush is going to go 5-0 and oh as a death? You're damn right I can. How about them Cowboys? <laughs> I got Cooper Rush to go into L.A., find C.D. Lamb, Dalton Schultz, maybe Noah Brown. Michael Gallup is back. I've got the Cowboys making yes. enough plays to win an ugly game on the road in Los Angeles. I got the Cowboys 20, the Rams 16. How about you, John? Dang. Hey, you're riding high, man. I don't blame Let's you. Let's go. But when you're you don't play the Commanders every week, and I hear what you're saying <laughs> about the Rams. All right, I hear what you're saying, but you also tipped your hat to Sean McVay. If yeah. he can get Cooper Cup open every damn week as much as he does, I think he's going to have something dialed up for the Cowboys defense. Yeah. Um, great call with Higby. Um, Higby, man, there have been times in the past. Uh, you know, three to four years watching that team um, where you just kind of scratch your head with Higby's usage. He, I mean, they, he was effectively a blocking tight end for much of the right. year last year. And then he, and then you see him getting double digit targets and being a prolific pass catcher. And you just think, why are you not using like, why, why do you not use this option more often? Um, I think he's definitely forced into the spotlight at this point and I'm happy for it. Um I, I definitely like the uh, the start. I saw he was recently uh, Matthew Barry over at NBC now just ranked him f- uh, fifth in nice. his tight ends uh, for the week. So um, I think the Rams probably can do enough offensively. You guys' defense has played really well. Micah's mm-hmm. going to get his. So that offensive line, defensive line matchup there in the trenches is definitely going to be important. Um, Maybe Stafford throws a pick in this game, a, a pick six possibly. Um, you know Trayvon's going to be hungry. Oh, um, yeah. If your running game can't get going, 
I don't think that the back end of of the Rams is going to uh, let up god awful touchdowns to Michael Gallup the way that the Washington Commanders did. Yeah, Jalen Ramsey uh, is is a baller. Mike, Michael Gallup jogged into the end zone completely <laughs> untouched from twenty yards out, basically because you know whatever. I don't think that the Cowboys get it done this week, B. I'm sorry, buddy. I think this don't is a, uh, one of the first true, true tests for them. And and the Rams need to come out and make a statement themselves. Um, so at home, I got the Rams. I am going to I am gonna say that the Cowboys cover the spread, though. Okay. Uh, I got Rams 20, Cowboys 17. Okay, we got similar scores, but just different outcomes. Luds, yeah. how are you feeling about the minus five and a half for my Cowboys? Hmm. <laughs> Saddle up, boys, because John, you're the lone wolf, buddy. Dan Quinn Sin, baby. <laughs> Let's go. Dallas Dan is gonna have this Dallas defense dialed up. I think the Rams looked like shit their last game. <laughs> Matt Stafford doesn't have any time to throw. As B said, their center, third string center. I think Dallas is going to be all over Stafford. They're not going to be able to run the ball. I think they're going to throw. Uh, let's be honest, Cooper Cooper uh, is going to is going to roast you guys a little bit. He's going to get some yards. Yeah. I think he's going to score. But I do have Dallas plus five and a half, twenty three twenty. Dallas Cowboys. Let's go. Maybe this will, this will be I'm a battle of it. the Coopers. Cooper Dang. Cup versus Cooper Dang. Rush. Cooper yeah. Rush. There you and, go. And B. Is there a quarterback controversy if Rush wins this week? I'm serious. I don't. I think there I'm already not, is. I think there is. Personally, I I pers- if I if I am Jerry Jones, this won't happen. I keep Cooper Rush as the starting quarterback until he loses a game. Exactly. You if, can't. If we, you can't ruin this this run. We yeah, played the well, Rams and then the Eagles. If he if if he keeps beating these elite teams, you've got to keep him in. You have, but and, you and have even, to. but he. Even against the Eagles, even if he looks real good and only loses the game, how right. easy is it for them to just keep right. going? Ah, well, you know, Dax, he just he's still not gripping it kind of, you know, how he wants to kind of really get the thumb grip. You know, they're just I feel like that was the softest just kind of it's a softball. Jerry can't make well, uh, enough excuses, you know, in the next week or two. I mean, it's going to come time where they need to make a decision, dude. I will be in Arlington, Texas on October 23rd to watch the Lions come to town to play the Cowboys. I'm very intrigued to see who will be under center. But honestly, right now, I don't think it really matters. If my defense can play the way it is, I feel confident in the Cowboys maybe competing for at least a wild card. I think the Eagles probably got the division. Ludge, you want to end us up with an upset parlay? Got a couple upsets this week, guys. I got the uh, Cincinnati Bengals plus three. At Baltimore this week, um, always a tough like, game. Sunday always night, a tough Sunday game. night football. Yeah, Sunday night football, primetime game. I like the way Cincinnati's been looking, uh, especially this last week on offense. Um, you know, J- Lamar Jackson can have a huge game. Lamar Jackson can fold and look like crap. We don't know. Yeah, but I'm going to take Cincinnati plus three. Um, you know, Super Bowl contenders, AFC. I like him going into oh, yeah. Baltimore. Uh, second game, uh, I'm going to keep rolling with the Lions. I, I like the Lions plus three over New England this week. Uh, we all know if New England, it's going to be high scoring because 
Detroit gives up points and New England's going to run the ball, but I think Detroit's put up enough Detroit, points. Detroit plays football like a Big 12 team. They <laughs> score 40 and they give up 40. Win or not, you know, I like Detroit plus three over New England this week. So Luz has got the Bengals, who oh, I like. The Bengals, after starting and, off 0-2, they've won and, two in a row. And I do have a little bonus pick. Uh, I'm not saying to take this game, but if you're on the fence, I think I would if I was betting. Uh, Seattle plus five and a half. And that is over New Orleans, who is struggling. In, in, in the New Big Orleans. Easy. Have you seen your your boy Geno Smith lately? Geno's Team, been playing very well. Teams putting up points. Teams putting up points. Plus five and a half. I don't. Uh, I do have New Orleans winning, but I, I like that five and a half that they're giving Seattle, and that that might even go up as the week goes a bit. Could go to plus six. Uh, I think I like that's. It, I think that's nice. Lutz, I don't want to step on your segment, but I have a hunch this week, and I wanted to throw this out to the viewers before we end the episode. I know this is going to sound crazy. Atlanta's going to beat Tampa Bay. No, the Pittsburgh Steelers (laughs) are starting Kenny Pickett in his first career game. Kenny Pickett, who do you get? The Super Bowl favorites, Buffalo Bills. But I love the Pittsburgh Steelers plus 14. Do you know the Steelers are the the biggest underdog in the history of their franchise? Guess what, guys? The Steeler, or excuse, the Bills just came off of a last-second win in Baltimore. I think that is taxing. Guess who the Bills play next week, guys? The Kansas City Chiefs, the oh. team that beat them last year. I think the Buffalo Bills are looking forward to Kansas City. They still beat Pittsburgh, absolutely, but I think Pittsburgh plays them competitive. I think fourteen points is a college spread. I am hmm. pounding Pittsburgh I like plus that. fourteen this week. Yeah, I just think like they keep it. Com- I, I like think they point. keep it competitive. It's 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 a lot of points. I think Buffalo might be looking behind and forward a little too much. But you know, just something I saw. It's actually um something Colin Coward and Jason McIntyre were talking about today. So I stole it from them to be honest with you. It's copyright. <laughs> shout out to the herd. Shout out to FS1. Shout out to J Ludge, John Warman, and GVR. We love you and your pizza, and I love all of you guys listening. This has been another episode of the NFC East. Food. Food.